I'm actually like the opposite of a weekend warrior. I'm like a weekday warrior and then the weekend comes and I just die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway. everybody. Welcome to another episode of Big Science Energy. This is your fully trained, but as always, <laughs> semi-professional uh, science pit stop along your own wellness journey. So uh, I am one of the co-hosts, Sydney. And I'm Lauren, the other co-host. The other And one. what are we talking about? Today, <laughs> we have um, a super cool topic um, and yep. it, ha- it goes by a few names. Um, so in case you've heard of the more Western name, we're talking about the Graston technique today, um, yep. which is also known as uh, muscle scraping. Yep. Um, Sounds great. So good. Comfy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, we want to shout out um, Maddie, Sydney's sister, for recommending this topic. Yeah. Super cool. It, yeah. I think yep. it was on our list because... Um, we have personal experience with it, but it was, it oh, was yeah. cool that other people would be interested in it too. So hopefully yeah. we answer my sister's questions. Um, yes. And yeah, so what we are really hoping to talk about today is what is it um, and how old is this technique? So, you know, we're, we're going to do our little history corner, um, which is a cool one today. And then we'll also talk about um, any clinical research, uh, as always, is what we try to do here that actually shows if it works or, you know, what it what it actually yeah. is helpful for. Um, and specifically, we want to talk about um, we're kind of going to touch on there's different like ways that you can apply this technique. So there's like yeah. more like along your whole body, which we'll talk about in a sec mostly. But there's also the facial um, like the, yeah. like you'll, we'll talk about later, but like this, um, it's also kind of like a beauty trend right now, like those jade mm-hmm. rollers. So that's kind of like the facial, um, gua sha method, which we'll talk about. Um, that's the traditional, um, Chinese, uh, medicine practice of the muscle scraping. And, uh, we'll also talk about just the more Western practice of the grass and technique. Um, and then also, um, you know, in that same vein of, the uh, facial rolling. Um, does this actually do anything to help drain your lymph nodes? So if you've heard about that, we're going to go over yeah. that today. Yeah. Great. It's pretty sweet. And yeah. Laura, do you want to talk about what is it? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Let's just go over this real quick. Yeah. So, all right. So basically this technique is applied to soft tissues. So if you don't know what a soft tissue is, I mean, I have plenty of that. <laughs> Just it's kidding. I mean, baby. well, actually, yeah, yeah, it's all soft, baby. <laughs> it's just protecting my muscles. But um, yeah, so soft tissues are um, basically part of your musculoskeletal system. So um, things like fat, muscles, blood vessels technically fall into this category, nerves, tendons, um, basically any tissues that surround your bones and your joints. Hmm. Um, yeah. So this all relates to the soft tissue. So in sports, a lot of times, um, or just, you know, if you're a recreational athlete or a weekend warrior. Weekend warriors. Um, hello. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hello. I'm actually like the opposite of a weekend warrior. I'm like a weekday warrior. And then the weekend comes and I just die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, except for yesterday, I was a champ. So were you. We both ran. Yeah. We both got that, that wife motivation. Yeah. It was great. It was beautiful yesterday and today's so shit. So anyway, <laughs> so in sports or in, you know, your general athletic activities, um, you can get soft tissue injuries, um, which can occur from excessive tension or overuse as many people are aware. Um, yeah, so common. after an injury, yeah. yeah. And after an injury, um, you can, uh, you, you can get inflammation, um, And during this inflammation and proliferation of new cells that are trying to basically fix that injury, um, fibrosis and formation of scar tissue uh, can actually form. And um, these things cause a reduction in tissue elasticity, um, and they can cause things called adhesions. 
And this can lead to diminished soft tissue function and pain, which sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. So in particular, um, scar tissue is bad because it limits, um, basically, it limits perfusion, so blood supply to your injured tissue. And that, therefore, if you don't have blood going through your tissues, then you restrict the oxygen and the nutrients that blood normally brings those tissues. And it also interferes with collagen synthesis and regeneration of these tissues, which then can cause you to not completely um, recover functional use of that tissue, whether it's muscle or tendon or whatever. Um, and also these, these changes also increase the risk of re-injury. Mm. And unfortunately, I can speak from experience <laughs> on all of this. <laughs> so Very personal experience. Yeah, yeah I think, it's very like, personal. I know from my experience too, like you might not, like I didn't even know that like my issue might have been like a soft tissue thing. Like I thought that like my yeah. body was bad at like doing things and yeah, so <laughs> it's been helpful to yeah. actually um, get like proper physical therapy for, for these things because you don't have to live with the pain. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> You don't have to live but, with it, but like it's funny how long it takes sometimes to oh my God. actually yeah. get fixed because you're like, ah, eh, it's probably just because I'm out of shape. But like a lot of times that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it may be partially true. I mean, if you try to do too much too quick, that's that's how I've gotten injured in the past. I, too much too quick, and then I just mess stuff up. But like basically, the whole the whole point of the grass end um, is or the goal of it. So. It's to remove these scar tissues and promote mm -hmm. a return to normal function following um, soft tissue regeneration. So we can kind of explain how that works. But basically, the you try and um, remove the scar tissue and then also improve um, improve like blood flow to the area and get in those healing nutrients and um, basically just get yourself back to a functional state. Right. Um, yeah. You're breaking stuff down so you can yeah. build it back in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Exactly. Um, yeah. Should we talk about um, our little personal experience stories? with? Because, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it was it's kind of cool because um, we both have gone to physical therapy for yep. miscellaneous. I think you're still the uh, reigning queen of ailments. Oh, my God. <laughs> physical therapy <laughs> you still hold that crown very I steady. hold that crown oh I do um, I do I specifically go for um like running not like injuries but just like running maintenance um yeah and my my kind of journey with it started because I never actually taught myself how to run properly for longer distances and so I would get like these crazy painful like things and like my lower legs where like my entire legs would go like numb my leg would just go like numb right. and I'd be like awesome healthy it's like so like <laughs> running is so fucking fun and <laughs> it's like this is great um and then I actually lived with it for like years because you probably remember yeah, like we would go for runs like in um grad school and then um yeah I'd be like I can't and you'd be like why and I'd Feel. be like I can't <laughs> I can't feel my I can't like feel my legs. I don't remember what part. Yeah, it was so weird. I'm like, are your shoes too small? Like, yeah, what is going on? I know. Yeah. So I basically like eliminated Ugh. everything. Like, fast forward seven years, and finally found like um, a very good physical therapist that really like got in there. And so one of the things that one of the methods she uses um, is the scraping technique. Um, yeah. And I actually didn't really know until we did research on this episode, like how many different types there are. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. And I think, you know, we'll go over, you know, what the actual clinical research says, but my experience with it has been positive. Um, yeah. And I think it's actually really helped my, the issues that I was having, but. Um, so many, so many issues. Yeah. And you've, you've had, you've had the grass and the scraping <sighs> method on like a lot yes. of other, like yes. all along your body. <laughs> so literally, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know about you, but did they use the metal tool on you? Yeah, it was one of those things in. where she brought it out, and I was like, uh, the fuck? <laughs> are you sure <laughs> you're in the right room? <laughs> what is going what on? What is going on? <laughs> yeah, no, same. I was terrified when I saw it. Yeah. I was really scared. Like, I, yeah, so basically it's this, like, um, metal bar, rod yeah. of some sort with blunt. It's blunt. It's not, like, sharp or anything. It yeah, yeah, yeah. But it yeah. almost... It, you know, it's not like a knife. It almost looks be. like a weird 
like a almost like a weirdly bent butter knife. Yes. But like if the yeah. butter so it's stainless yeah. steel, it has to be stainless steel so you can like sterilize yeah. it and stuff. Um, yep. Even though that makes it sound weird because it's not like you're like inserting it right. anywhere. It's just that you have to like if you're using the same <laughs> instrument. If you're using it, <laughs> if we're talking about the same thing, <laughs> yeah, it's not getting like you shouldn't yeah, be inserting you it. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. No, yeah, but it, it's kind of like a butter knife. But if the knife didn't have like yeah. a serrated edge, it was just kind of like a blunt. Thing. Yeah, blunt. Yep, and yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if they did this for you, but, like, so I've had it done on my heel. I've had it done Ugh. on my arch. I've had it done uh, on my calf. I've had it done on my, oh, the worst IT band. That We're was, just traveling I'm not going to lie to you. Here. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. This is, it's not a comfortable experience. Um, not trying to freak people out. Um, my experience overall was positive in the sense that after the session was yeah. over when I was allowed to leave. Um, <laughs> I I did actually feel like the injury felt better. I will say the experience is kind of uncomfortable and it depends on how bad your injury is and I think how far along you are in your treatment process. Yeah, exactly. But like yeah. basically what they did for me was they actually, um, they put hot, I don't know if they did this for you, but they put like, they actually heated up my skin first. So they put like hot oh, packs okay. on my yeah. legs um, to like, I guess they said it helped increase blood flow and, yeah, yeah. That stuff. Mm-hmm. So like a warm up. Yeah, so they did that. Yep, <laughs> Literally. A warm up, essentially. <laughs> and then they basically put some lotion on you um, so that the blade, mm-hmm. not blade. Sorry, that's a horrible. Like the, yeah. So, you know, the, the tool. The so the grass and tool can glide along your skin without like, you know, cutting it or, you know, causing too much friction. Um, so they put the lotion on and then they basically just run this tool up and down kind of like in – you know, I, I don't know how to describe exactly, but yeah, mm-hmm. they're just basically kind of scraping along and they, <laughs> I don't know if they described it to you, but they basically feel for areas that feel yeah. as they describe it as gravelly or sandy. Yes. Yeah. And that's the areas that they tend to focus on and depending on your tolerance for pain, although they don't really care, um, <laughs> they'll, they'll kind of focus in on those areas that are gravelly or sandy, not smooth. And those are the adhesions that they're like working on. But um, yeah. yeah, that was, so was kind of like, that was my experience yeah. too. I've had it on my um yeah. my calves, my um gastroc, soleus. Um yep. didn't didn't get any foot stuff, thank God, based on what you told me. It does not sound fun. I've also gotten it on yeah, my foot hip stuff. Um, which was an interesting <sighs> one. Um Yeah, no. And it's exactly so what you said. Like they usually like, you know, do um like some massage or like warm it up first and then yep. um it's and it is painful, like when you were saying, yeah, it's, it's like you know, discomfort is kind of an understatement. And it's ex- my yeah. exact same experience, Laura, where she was like, just let me know, like on a scale, like how this feels. Yeah. And I was like, um, this is kind of like a seven out of 10 or like eight <laughs> out of 10. And she was like, I know. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you don't actually, <laughs> you don't care. actually, you're not actually gonna, my, this isn't like a, a massage parlor. <laughs> yeah, this isn't, this isn't like a, this isn't a, sp- Am I not in the yeah. spa? Like, what is this? Yeah, no. She would not, she would know to distract me. She'd be like, "What are you yeah. drinking later?" <laughs> what oh my you god! Mean? I left there with like sweat stains because I was just like cold sweating on the table. I'm like, this really hurts. Oh my god! Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think so. Actually, your mention of like this the sand is kind of yes. like a good segue into like our little history corner because um, mm-hmm. so this all really originated from a traditional Chinese practice called gua sha. So it's two words. It's G-U-A-S-H-A. And one of, there's, from what I could find, there's actually multiple ways to translate it um, Mm -hmm. into English. And one of the translations I found is to actually scrape sand. Um, Oh, it makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So very interesting. Um, And so... It is basically the the traditional method is actually even more, um, I would say, like severe on your skin. Like they apply a very specific amount of pressure. And the goal is to actually create. Um, Ow. I'm going to see if I can pronounce this correctly, but <laughs> petechiae. It's like. Petechiae. It looks like petechiae? it's petechiae. Um, but yeah, but it's actually it's basically like. It's almost like if you saw like a rash on your skin, but it wasn't raised. So it's just like red pinpoints everywhere. And I've actually seen pictures where it wasn't just like rash. It was actually like purple red bruises like along 
Um, that happened to me, actually. Oh, did it? Because mine was actually... Yeah. I, I get, like, those... I got, like, some of those little, like, pinpoint things. Bumps. But it was mostly just, like... It mostly felt, them. like, internal bruising. Like, light mm. bruising. Um, I mean, yeah, this definitely... It leaves depends. a mark. Like, this stuff leaves a mark. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, you're not leaving this place, like, looking beautiful. <laughs> it's... Yeah, you're you sweating. Can't, you also can't work out upset. after. No, like, you really have yeah, to, like, no. rest. Um, yep. And... So typically, um, in in like you know traditional Chinese practice, they would use tools that are uh, made of like bone or jade. So like this is like where yep. the jade comes in um, to firmly press on the muscle and then move along the skin. Typically in um, these like meridian lines that are kind of like used oh, to guide um, these protect practitioners um, in a very. It's like I don't know the actual. I mean, I saw the names of the meridians, but um, I yeah. don't. We don't like know anything really about that since we're not um, experts in uh, traditional Chinese medicine. No, but def not. These are like used in other, you know, um, traditional medicine practices as well. So it's just something to note. So they actually follow like, these like lines of your body, um, and um, the other interesting thing is that it's basically made to address like the stagnant energy or chi in your body. Yep. So it's just um, trying to actually like reduce inflammation, um, mainly associated with chronic pain. And it's just trying to break all this up and like promote healing, like what Lauren was saying earlier, um, yeah. by kind of breaking it down so you can um, let actual like blood flow like back into that area. Um, yeah. And the interesting, just like quick, like, um, like note that I found about this just in terms of like oh, yeah. the cultural aspect is I think this is a problem like when you have you know like in America we have like a lot of different cultures that are living here um yeah and so like one of the things that American like doctors are legally obligated to do is report um like anything that looks like signs of abuse to like child care oh, services <laughs> and so like one of the yeah. ways that families will actually do this like within their family is use like a coin um, instead of like a jade or like bone tool because like you just have more coins probably like around. Um, and so it, it's also been known that physicians have reported like coining um, within like these oh my God. like Asian families like in America. So it's just like a cultural note. Um, right. Just something to be like more mindful of. Like um, that's wild. I'm not, I actually I'm not did saying not like, know whether that. or not. I don't. I don't know enough about that to really like speak on that more. But that's just kind of an interesting um, cultural Very. note of where you're trying to like you know practice your same culture in another country. Um, yeah, and that's difficult. So yeah, um, that would hurt. A coin. Yeah, <laughs> that would hurt. Yeah, <laughs> that would really hurt. The yeah. pressure point is so much smaller. Yep. yep. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. And so, you know, fast forward to um, how Western um, practice has adapted this. So the Graston technique yeah. is actually developed by someone named David Graston. Um, so he was a physical therapist um, that had like suffered his own like sports related injury. So he wanted to make a new technique to actually like have a more hands on approach to this um, yeah. soft tissue um, injuries. And so this was mostly grounded in the work of Dr. James Syriax. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that name right. He was a British orthopedic surgeon, surgeon and he was actually known as the father of orthopedic medicine. So super cool. It's so actually cool. like a real yeah. thing. Um, but the thing that's interesting is that if you want to be able to use grass and techniques, surprise, surprise, mm -hmm. you have to pay um, to get certified in it. So it's about like $650 to actually get like certified in just this technique um, yep. of muscle scraping specifically. And um, so interesting. yeah, Laura, do you want to kind of like say um, what their website of like the grass and method claims yeah. of like what their benefits are? <laughs> Yeah. So there's a bunch of claims. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, um, they claim that it separates and breaks down collagen cross-links. Right. <laughs> um, and it splays and stretches connective tissue and muscle fibers. Sounds good. I guess kind of makes sense. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds <laughs> like it also makes sense, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, they claim that it facilitates reflex changes in chronic muscle holding patterns. Interesting. That's interesting. Yep. Um, it alters and inhibits and or inhibits, I guess, spinal reflex activity. 
Yeah. Um, it sounds like a lot one, of these things are like physical therapy jargon too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very. And then it inhibits the rate and amount of blood flow to and from the area. That's easy to understand. Yeah. That one makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, it increases cellular activity in the region, including fibroblasts, fibroblasts and mast cells, which I actually have seen a few times. So that may, mm-hmm. may or may mm-hmm. not be true, but yep. And then it also increases histamine responses, um, secondary to mast cell activity. Yeah. These immune so responses are super interesting. And I think we kind of touch yeah. on, touch on that in the literature yep. review. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, the, the claim that this, that this website makes is that, um, the technique has had positive outcomes in 75 to 90% of all conditions treated. Um, mm. It claims that it's equally effective in restoring function to acute and chronic injuries, pre and post surgical patients, and maintaining optimal range of motion, which we'll also talk about a little later. Yes, we will. Um, so yeah, these yep. are these are the claims that it makes. And you know, obviously, like me and Lauren have gone this technique already <laughs> so we're not yeah. we're in it we continue to get it so we're not you know we're yeah. it is a real physical therapy technique um oh yeah so we're you know we're not setting out to really like try to disprove it or like myth bust it it's really just like what do we actually like know about it yeah. in terms of the clinical research obviously this is our anecdotal yes. evidence suggests that it it has worked for us so it's just like a right point that um we're trying to make um but yeah, it says that it, it can basically treat anything that's a soft tissue issue. So, you know, yeah. as an, ex- an example of some fun things like carpal tunnel syndrome for wrist mm-hmm. pain. And then as Lauren kind of said earlier, like the plantar um, fasciitis. <laughs> I don't know why I just got tongue yeah, tied myself. Fasciitis. Weird. It sounds like I'm swearing. <laughs> like yeah. Fasciitis. Fasciitis. Shite. Foot pain. It's like that German <laughs> article that you found that we couldn't translate. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you cannot translate your <laughs> right. Um, and then, you know, stuff like shin splints. Um, something mm. that I thought was interesting, which I didn't know, is that it could be used to treat like women's health issues. So like yes. post mastectomy and cesarean yep. scarring. So that would be um Which actually is yeah. I've I've seen and heard that as well. Like a lot of uh yeah, post mastectomy I've heard just because of all the scar t- it's mm. kind of interesting mm-hmm. because the scar tissue that forms is kind of necessary. like that's necessary scar tissue, but like it forms because your body is healing, but mm-hmm. um, it does inhibit um, movement of like your upper thoracic spine okay. and your, like your chest, your pecs and all that. So like that I have actually seen and heard of it being used for that, which is interesting. That is interesting. And it's good. Yeah. Also, yeah. like I guess we can say in here, like if you've like if you're listening and you've received this technique for like different stuff, like please reach out. I feel like that would be super cool to like hear about other people's like personal yeah. experience with it. Um, yeah. And then so now that we kind of know like what the claims are, um, mm-hmm. you know, both for, um, you know, there's a couple of different things that we'll talk about. Like we're mostly going to talk about the clinical research for the Grasson technique, since that's probably what you'll encounter more like in America. Yeah. Um, you know, if you do go to like a physical therapist for this. Um, yeah. But then I also just wanted to touch on before we go into that, um, because my my sister Sorry, Maddie, putting you on blast. Um, specifically, <laughs> not not on, not on a bad blast, but she was specifically no. wondering, um, you know, like for migraines or like chronic headaches, like there are, um, it's kind of like a, a thing right now to look at specifically the gua sha, the, the traditional method yeah. um, of like the facial massage for alleviating mm. those migraines or chronic headaches, Um even if it's just like a little bit. And so I did try to see if there was any actual clinical research on that. And I could only find literally one article. And unfortunately, the abstract was in English, but the paper was actually completely in German. So I did not have time to do a full translation. Yeah, no. Um, and But I don't think it was going to be super promising. Only And the only reason why I say that is because it only involved one um, woman who is actually 70 years old, who is experiencing chronic headaches. And um, it's also very ambiguous because the authors reported that the patient, quote unquote, highly profited, which is not a scientific yeah. term, from a 14-day, quote unquote, <laughs> multimodal treatment. Yep. Um, and yeah, so this is an N of one. And like in abstracts, you typically also use scientific language. Like if there's anything that was like statistically significant or any thing to actually report and it didn't so 
Um, right. Maybe not the most encouraging. Sounds like they need to do more work in that area. Sounds like with an N of one, they probably need to do some more work. It sounds yeah. like that's the case, yeah. unfortunately. And multimodal yeah. too. Yeah. It sounds like they're probably doing a bunch of things for her. Yeah. I mean, in science, we don't say that the patient highly profited from the cancer treatment. Like that's not like a, that's not like a thing that no. you would say. <laughs> like that you wouldn't. No. That's not a, yeah, that's not a way not, to honestly, report. Honestly, <laughs> Yeah, when I read that note, when I read that note, I literally like yeah. I read it as like making money. I'm exactly. like, oh, sweet. Like, yeah, it just doesn't you know tell you. you sign yeah, up. It doesn't tell you anything. It's like a psych study. Did you ever have those in college where you had psych studies mm-hmm. and you could like literally get paid to go and I don't know. Oh, yeah. They, po- they always posted them. There's a lot of stuff about yeah. headaches always, actually, because the people yeah. do need a lot of people suffer a lot with headaches. So I, I can definitely oh. see how you would want to, um, yeah. you know, try to have more ways to fix that. But um, yeah, but yeah, I think so. Something that we did actually find a lot on that uh, Lauren, you did a lot of research on was actual um, this practice, specifically Graston technique and other techniques for sports recovery and athletic performance. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I found a bunch of articles and I honestly like a lot of them were focused on things that I've actually had problems with. So naturally, I was personally interested Mm -hmm, in it. mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so basically one of the articles um, it kind of focused on the effects of the Grassen technique on range of motion, um, pain, strength, and patient-reported function. So like function of the joint or function of, of whatever it is that's hurting them. So um, one thing to note too, and we've kind of touched on this, but basically like um, there are actually more than one instrument slash technique that kind of are all lumped into this Grassen technique. Okay. Uh, I don't know what you call it, like family, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a lot of these modern day um, instruments, very material. Some are stainless steel. That's the ones that we're um, familiar with. Some are actually plastic. Oh, interesting. And um, I've never experienced that, but um, they're used to improve a variety of musculoskeletal conditions. And um, just a few examples, like there's one called A-S-T-Y-M, A-STEM. Okay. Um, and that's from some place in Indiana. Um, there's the fascial abrasion technique, which I have seen a few times, FAT, mm. and we've seen it in a few studies. Mm-hmm. Um, the Graston technique, which we're familiar with, and that's out of Indianapolis, and then hawk grips. Whoa. Uh, that sounds pretty. Sounds painful. Hawk also, <laughs> like, I'm just like, I can't sounds get serious, it out of my mind. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't know. That's out of Pennsylvania. So, I mean, like, th- there's there's all sorts of companies, I think, that actually created tools and then they named them. But the, oh, essentially so they're like the Graston, same. similar to where it's like yeah. they're trying to like TM it so that you have to buy or get yeah. trained in their particular. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So despite the differences in the instrument and the protocol variability, they're all referring to the same technique. And um, they're also all referring to these same like initial studies that have found that it facilitates healing through increased um, collagen synthesis and um, fibroblast proliferation, all those all those original hypothetical um, things that the Grassen technique okay. um, yeah. puts, puts out on their website, basically. Okay. So um, so one example, there was a um, study, and there was actually six studies, sorry, um, mm-hmm. but it was like a, yeah, it was a review article, but basically it was looking at uninjured participants, um, which is actually interesting oh. because you typically don't seek treatment like this if you're not injured or not having a problem yeah it's not like a fun um, massage no it's, <laughs> it's not. not like a spa it's day a, it's not like a self-care no. saturday <laughs> no it's not a self-care saturday <laughs> i mean it is you but leave, like not in the way <laughs> no you leave bruised and battered i mean and you're it is, so it is self-care like, like i definitely it is i definitely think of it, it is. as but yeah not that not that kind no <laughs> No. So, I mean, they were looking at these people and um, uh, they were examining range of motion at various joints. And um, basically they were looking at the shoulder, which a a lot of, a lot of overhead athletes. So people who like throw basically, or like tennis players or people who throw a baseball or anyone who makes like a circular arc with their arms. So using their shoulder joint. Would be like football. Yeah. 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 All of that. So a lot of overhead athletes end up getting some sort of there's always some sort of shoulder injury. Like they need to make sure that their shoulders are in good shape. So they were looking at some uninjured um, people and um, they were examining pain and function. And they did find that this technique improved um, some of their range of motion. 
Okay. In healthy, healthy athletes that did these types of motions. And they also found that there were some, for um, lower extremities, they found there were also some extreme um, increases in range of motion as compared to foam rolling, which foam rolling is just like... Yeah. I don't, I don't. Foam rolling yeah, is also I, my best friend. I love, I have a love-hate with foam rolling as well. Yeah. It really hurts. I always, if you're injured, I need to do it, it like way more. Yeah. I yeah, know. That's what I, tell, I told my <sighs> trainer too. I was like, it hurts. And she's like, that's because you're supposed to... She was like, that's, do you, it. she was like, that means you need to do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. oh my God. Another thing in physical therapy. God, they yeah. move you from the table getting the grass and then you think like it's over the pain. Yeah. And then they're like, we're going to put you on a foam roller and you're going to do this and it's going to feel really Or shitty. like the tennis balls where you yeah. like really got to get in there. It's, uh, it's actually kind of like hilarious, like the stuff that we do yeah. to our body because we do yeah. like exercise. Like it's just like, it's crazy. It is. At the end, when everything is said and done, it, you do feel better. You do. But like yeah. it's in the moment, you aren't sure. You see the you're, light. You're not sure. You're not quite sure. I'm not quite sure about In the this. moment, you're not quite sure. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I seriously thought like I was being tortured the first few times. I'm like, I don't think this is normal. I've had a lot of stuff done though. So like I've seen a lot. Yeah. At this point, <laughs> I'm like, like I'm coming out of war. At this point, it's like it. It's one of those things where if your pain is that bad, honestly, it's like one of those things yeah. where you're like, just take my body. Just like do whatever you yeah. want. Like I don't care anymore. Like nothing can be worse than like the pain I have like, while exercising. Yeah. So. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Um. Oh yeah. So I meant to mention this earlier and I realized you were probably pointing it out, but like <laughs> with the whole shoulder, <laughs> with the shoulder joint stuff. So um. One study actually found, and this is important for clinicians and like athletic trainers and athletes, it's just that they actually credited um, range of motion improvements in the shoulder joint um, to decreases in the posterior rotator cuff muscle stiffness, um, which is important because if you have um, decreased shoulder range of motion, they've actually linked that to higher incidences of injury during um, the sports season. So, Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So clearly it's it's definitely helped those people, the overhead athletes. I I hate that phrase, but overhead. <laughs> overhead. Um but yeah, so that there was another one too, Sid. If you want to like touch on that with the the soccer players, they were looking at the hip and knee range of motion. Oh yeah. So it looks like they split them into like randomized into foam rolling and just a facial abrasion technique group. Um, so it looks like yeah. there was 10 men assigned to each group. Um, mm-hmm. And then it looks like before they did the trial, they measured things like the um, your the knee's ability to flex, I guess. Laura, is that right? Yep. And then they also did yeah. a straight leg raise test. So they just, yep. I guess we're measuring just like these are all range of motion uh, measurements yep. before. And then they subjected them to foam rolling on their quads and hamstrings. And then um, the other group that was actually getting the facial abrasion technique um, had that applied to their quads and hamstrings. So just comparing those directly. Um, And it looks like both groups significantly improved knee and hip range of motion, uh, but higher gains were observed in the facial abrasion technique group. And then at Mm -hmm. 24 hours after the treatments, um, only the facial abrasion technique group um, preserved most of the gains, which is actually, that's an interesting yeah. finding that it was actually like sustainable after 24 hours, um, yeah. in terms of the range of motion. Um, and then I guess yeah. there was like this study concluded that this supports the use of, um, the newly developed, I guess this was like new, <laughs> right? Like it yeah, literally yeah, says yeah. TM after it, which is kind of hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this facial yeah. abrasion technique, um, for yeah. specifically lower extremities. Yep. Interesting. I think the yep. sustainability point is really interesting. Like how long does do these how long it lasts. benefits actually last for? Because I know like for me, yeah. and I was actually reading because I wasn't like, I didn't really know this, even though I did get this treatment. Like I didn't know that you would actually need, this is what my physical therapist told me, but apparently it's like a ubiquitous thing where you actually need like three to four treatments and they really like to space yep. it out like by like at least like two to four weeks so that you can like fully recover yeah. like in between treatments in order to see like real long-term effects and I can definitely like yep. attest to that like even after the first treatment my running was way less 
painful, like little to no pain yeah. at all. And then it it has just gotten like better. So yeah. It's a it's kind of crazy. I don't even understand. Like and it's weird because you would never think to do that. Like it looks like you're just injuring yourself more. <laughs> I know. I, like, I why bruised like it? a baby peach. Like my legs oh. did not look fun after, but I no. was just like, honestly, I don't care. Like it was, it was hurting so bad. Like it's one of those yeah. things where you're like, I've tried everything else. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, it's- yeah, no, same. It was the same. I mean, I couldn't for my Achilles and yeah. I had a, um, I've had posterior tibial tendon issues, which is basically the tendon that wraps from like the center kind of area of your arch around your heel. Mm. And it goes kind of around your ankle and then attaches uh, just above that. I have had issues with my posterior tibial tendon for years. And like when that hurts, I've been booted multiple times for it. Yeah, And yeah. it's just like a joke. But um, when that hurts, you literally can't bear weight on your foot, especially in the, in the morning. Oh my God, getting out of bed. Like it hurts so bad. It actually <laughs> happens to me too. But- like it hurts to walk in the morning. For me. Yeah. Like it hurts to put pressure on my feet. I need like one of those. I need like. No. No, I don't. No, I don't. I always get. <laughs> I don't have stairs. Well, I do have stairs to get up into my apartment. But I was going to say, I always kind of wanted one of those things where you sit on this on the little chair and the stairs that the old people have and it goes up the stairs. Oh, my God. Lord. <laughs> it looked kind of fun. It's like a roller coaster, but really slow. Really slow. It's just leisurely. Yeah. I just like leisurely the one. Travel. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I kind of want that in the morning just to kind of like ease my way into the day you know just have like just have like a cup of coffee (laughs) yeah take a ride just go down the stairs really slow (laughs) yeah oh man well what do you think our takeaways are from this review article yeah so (laughs) yeah so the takeaways from the article um yeah so the group uh the grassing group had immediate range of motion gains um two times as large as the foam rolling only group and um, these improvements uh, were maintained at 24 hours post-intervention, whereas the foam rolling group uh, returned to their baseline range of motion. So Graston appears to help here. Interesting. And it looks like yeah. they're in this, um, you also went into a couple other articles yeah. that do you want to just kind of touch on? I yeah, yeah, I think it's really cool, like different specific like body parts that some of these articles went into. Yeah, there was another one that was looking at um, um, soft tissue mobilization, um, specifically relating to hamstring flexibility. And they were also touching on a different type of um, stretching, which I had to look up, proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation. So fancy. PNF. And basically they were um, comparing Graston with PNF versus just static stretching, which just means like you're reach, like for hamstring stretching, you're just trying to touch your toe basically. Okay. Um, and the proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation technique is kind of weird, but basically that's when, say if someone's like, if you're lying on the ground and someone's like pu- pushing your, uh, mm-hmm. pulling your leg up over your head and then pushing it towards your body, mm-hmm. like stretching your hamstring, um, the PNF method is when you, they are pushing and you're trying to, con- you're contracting your muscle, trying to resist them pushing your leg, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a technique that supposedly helps improve flexibility. So they did a comparison and basically they found that um, both techniques um, are better than just static stretching alone for hamstring flexibility, oh, okay. um, which is very interesting. interesting. Yep. I the, the PNF one is very strange to me. I, PNF is I interesting. Like so I guess you could do that alone if you use like a resistance band, right? Like if you like yeah. looped a resistance band around your foot and then yeah. pulled your hamstring towards you if you're lying on your back and then you can like resist yep. it so it's more dynamic oh yeah that's true you yeah. can do it to yourself you don't need someone to like <laughs> you don't need someone to torture something but I, you can just like, torture I've, yourself because uh, i've also been to like a physical therapy session where they use that to kind of test yeah. my muscle weakness i think or like responsiveness uh, yeah. so i think it depends on what your when, goal is to like do that you know oh but. good point yeah sometimes they they do that you're right they were assessing my my knee actually and they were pushing mm-hmm. I, they were having me push my knee like I was sitting and they were having me like push against them to try and like right. um, abduct mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. abduct and adduct my mm-hmm. um, hips, which has to do with your knee, believe it or not. Interesting. It's all tied. Um, that's a good point. And they had me try and resist and I obviously couldn't do it because <laughs> that's why you were there. 
<laughs> That's why I was there. It was actually quite, um, it was a uh, humbling, humbling experience. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> so weak. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so this is another thing. And we, I was kind of touching on it before, but um, chronic plantar heel pain. Yeah. So this is something that a lot of runners experience. <laughs> um, it actually is one of the most common conditions of the foot and it affects up to 10% of the population. And apparently, as of the time of this particular article being written, it said the U.S. national economic burden of treatment for this was estimated to be $284 million a year. What? Which is insane. Yeah, which I, I do believe, though, because I've had it multiple times. And I know other people who are um, distance runners, they've had the same problem. And plantar fasciitis kind of falls into this this category, too. Um, but yeah, so basically they did some um, testing on people with this issue. Um, the thing was, mm -hmm. they only had a small sample size. There was oh, actually only okay. 11 people. I and see. they found... Okay to statistically make a, a conclusion on whether this grass and technique helped people with this, they would actually need, this is very specific, but 42 people to statistically hmm. make any conclusions. Interesting. Um, and they were basically comparing a more conservative treatment um, with strengthening and stretching exercises with or without the grass and technique to see if it yielded improvements in pain and function. Um, specifically, they were looking at um, foot and ankle uh, ability and they were also looking at um, pain, so numeric pain rating scale. Oh, okay. Um, and even though both groups demonstrated improvements that were clinically meaningful for the peop the participants, so like they saw a difference, um, a larger percentage of those receiving the Grassen technique had scores that were exceeding something called the MCID. So it's basically the minimum amount um, of clinical relevance to, to see an improvement, I guess, in a treatment. Oh, um, all right. At the end of the treatment, as well as at the 90-day follow-up. Okay. So. 90 days. Yeah. That's a long time. And actually, um, so a lot of people that seek treatment for this to begin with is usually um, because of general heel pain and pain with first step in the, their first steps in the morning. So this was important for clinicians. Um, yeah. They definitely need, yeah. they need to expand this study. And that's what they said. They found that um, there was weak evidence suggesting that this technique is helpful for people with chronic um, plantar heel pain, basically, um, plantar fascial pain, but uh, they need to expand the study. That was what they concluded, well, which is interesting. That is interesting. Yeah my, yeah, my feet do hurt when I, like, get out of bed in the morning. That's kind of... Hey, you might have... Uh, might Gotta check this running. out. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's always a new thing wrong with oh, yeah. my body. It's like every day. Um, every but, day. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. So... Um, is there anything else that you wanted to say, Laura, about specifically like the grass and technique or any, yeah, any, um, interesting findings yeah. and then I'll go on to a, f a fun little article about Gua Sha. Yeah. Yeah. So there was, um, a study, um, out that was put out in 2014 and actually, um, they were measuring, um, something called cytokines, which people may know a lot about now because of COVID. If you've heard of true, everyone's going to be like a storm. fucking immunologist by the yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> for real. No, because people actually know what these people should actually yeah, know so, what this stuff is. <laughs> yeah. So the cytokine storm with COVID is just um, they they were attributing uh, a lot of the people who were hospitalized and ended up unfortunately dying from COVID mm -hmm. had um, an outrageous um, increase in cytokines, which are um, things your body produces to fight off um, inflammation or infection. Mm -hmm. And um, so basically there was a study that, so again, it's general inflammation and infection. These are just general things that your body puts out. So in the case of um, Graston, they actually found that there were no um, changes or no significant results when changes in the level of cytokines um, were involved in inflammation. So basically they were measuring things like IL-6 and TNF-alpha Right. Um, yeah. after applying like the grass and technique and, um, they didn't find any change, which interesting is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds so, like that a lot more research has to be done on that too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause those are the actual inflammatory yeah. bio, mm -hmm. biomarkers, which mm -hmm. truly tell how your body is reacting to something. Yeah. So interesting. That's my aside. Yeah. Um, 
And I guess speaking of asides, uh, the reason why I saved the gua sha, like a, 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 an article I read about specifically um, gua sha therapy um, on mm. weightlifting training um, is because it was, I think it's a good example of an article that sounds really promising. And they, I mean, like in terms of the research they did, I think for what they were doing, like it was conducted well, but I think the yeah. conclusions they made are misleading um, yeah. and kind of like self-serving for like their practice. So this was specifically, <laughs> yeah. um, it was uh, done in China. Um, it, it was published in the journal of traditional Chinese medicine. Um, mm. so it's just something to like keep in the back of your head. The researchers were, they were not, um, doctors and like, you know, like, um, like clinicians or scientists in the way right. that we would be the way that we mostly talk about studies. They were, um, kind of researchers in like the Institute for Acupuncture. Um, so yeah. just other general, um, traditional Chinese medicine techniques. Yep. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. Um, and yep. so they specifically tried to, they created a randomized trial, uh, which is good mm -hmm. on, um, the, the effects of gua sha therapy on weightlifters. So they yeah. literally had like, there was like a, there was like a weightlifting like institute or something that they pulled these participants from, yeah. um, who volunteered. So the study design was a total of 44 male weightlifters. They were very young. They were between the ages of 16 to 22. Um, and they split them oh, up wow. into three groups. So they got a gua sha, um, treatment, the more traditional, like, you know, tried and true method of this yeah. and then what they called the sham scraping group which I thought was really funny yeah. like just I in general it's I think that's a funny way of wording it it might be like an issue yeah. with like the translation so I'm not yeah. I'm not like no. I'm not <laughs> like I'm not shining on them for that I'm just, it's just like yeah. when I was reading it I was funny. like oh sham scraping like I wonder if that's another technique that like we haven't like learned about and then I realized that yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. meant like a fake um, yeah. scraping technique I love that um, and then they have a control group and so there were yeah. there was about like 15 people in each group Yep. And so basically they just followed them through their normal weightlifting routine, which is actually like quite extensive. Um, and then they added on um, either the gua sha scraping technique two times a week or the quote unquote sham scraping uh, technique two times a week. Um, and what they measured, and then the control group obviously did not get anything. They just continued with their normal weightlifting um, routine. Right. And um, the effectiveness of the study, what they wanted to measure was the ability for them to weightlift. Um, they really wanted to see like if their max, like where you like max out and like your weight changed from the yeah. start to the end of the study. Um, they wanted to see what their rate of perceived exertion, how that changed for their workouts or RPE. Mm -hmm. um, they also measured creatine kinase, which is um, that enzyme that kind of show it'll like be present in your blood for like muscle breakdown. Um, it's like one of the markers yep. for that. And then um, they also measured from the blood. Um, they took three measurements from the blood, basically, which is creatine kinase, blood urea nitrogen, which is just mm -hmm. like a byproduct, like a normal byproduct that your body has. So it's nothing to be like alarmed about. But if you have like <laughs> a super elevated amount, it could be like an impairment of kidney function. Um, and then they also measured immunoglobulin A specific levels. Um, so your IgA levels, and that's one of the types of antibodies that your body produces in response to, um, infection or, um, you know, yep. like a pathogen. Yeah. So, um, the, I'll just kind of skip to what I thought was one of the issues that I noticed like right away with this treatment. So they were basically trying to prove that like gua sha compared to like the sham scraping, um, yeah. it was different. And the thing that I noticed was that for gua sha, they had the treatment go for 20 minutes per session and the pressure was like a lot harder. It was like twice as hard as the sham yeah. scraping group. But then when they did the sham scraping group, they only did that treatment for 10 minutes. So they basically did less pressure and less like hmm. half the amount of time. So it's interesting that they didn't control for time. Um, that's weird. Yeah. That was very interesting. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, they they continued with this. They did all of their data collection that I talked about earlier of all those measurements. Yeah. And basically, I'll just go over the results really quickly that they found. They thought that um, in terms of weightlifting, they only saw a 1% um, increase in the control group. And then they saw a 5% increase in the maximum weight that these men could lift 
um, with the gua sha method and the sham scraping group reported a 2% increase. So basically what they're saying here is that gua sha created a superior max amount that you hmm. could um, lift at the end of the session or at the end of the trial. Um, yeah. And then they said that the RPE, the rate of perceived exertion for these men during their workouts also decreased for the gua sha huh. group compared to the sham scraping and control groups. <laughs> They also reported in terms of the blood um, analysis, they reported that only the gua sha scraping group had significantly lower blood uh, creatine kinase levels. Um, so this basically means that like it improved like the muscle activity and promoted less, you know, like muscle waste breakdown. or breakdown. Um, yeah. And it, it did say... Because I was getting a little nervous that they were just going to say that gua sha <laughs> made everything better. Um, yep. And they basically said that um, the blood urea nitrogen level stayed the same no matter what happened, which is good yep. because I don't know why any of yep. these methods should impair your kidney function or change your yep. kidney function. But okay. And then um, the IgA levels was really interesting. So um, yeah. They reported that only the gua sha group showed a significant increase in IgA levels. And so mm -hmm. the reason why this requires like you really have to think about this. And so I think that if you were for some reason, if you were looking at these articles on PubMed, because this is on PubMed, this is like a peer reviewed journal. Um, yeah. And so um, the reason why this is misleading is because these authors, because they're not clinicians and doctors, and I think they only had access to like very few resources and probably not a lot of money to like conduct the study. So they couldn't, blood tests are right. very expensive. So they couldn't measure probably a lot of what they needed to, to get a full picture. Um, right. So they improved this, they attributed this improved IgA level to, well, they called it an improvement. Um, and what's misleading about that is that they didn't measure any other, um, Ig or or antibody markers, yeah. the types of antibodies your body actually makes like five major types of antibodies, and they only measured one. Um, IgA yeah. specifically is found in tears, saliva, respiratory, intestinal secretions, um, and it's kind of like your first line of defense. And you know, if you're as I'm saying those things, you're probably like, oh yeah, like that's like the first thing that like a pathogen would like encounter, um, right? Uh, it's also not as stable as other antibodies, so the turnover rate is yep. really high. Um, and they were basically trying to say that your immune system is now better because you have elevated levels of IgA after doing gua sha. Mm. So like your body is like more ready to like fight <laughs> things. Oh boy. Um, yep. and that's problematic because they didn't actually take a full picture. So you could actually interpret this yep. as, um, your body is responding to inflammation because of the gua sha right. method. And it's actually producing antibodies to, um, compensate that inflammation or your yep. body might be like recovering from that and maybe you actually have higher IgA because yeah like you're maybe you also like they didn't control for if these people could get like a cold or something like that like in the <laughs> meantime so like maybe like yeah their body's recovering from gua sha and so it's making it harder for yeah. them to actually like fight off an infection <laughs> but they didn't measure any of those other things no um there's a reason we take full panels <laughs> like full blood panels you don't yeah. just pick rent pick and choose like you're not seeing the full yeah. picture yeah they really cherry picked like what they were going to measure um which is a red yeah. flag but again like these weren't doctors um but no. they are reporting you know like very like it sounds very scientific because for them it is right. like it's more of like a physical yeah. therapy um for this traditional medicine and um right yeah, I just also wanted to highlight because the all, the other question we had uh, was, does the facial gua sha help with lymphatic drainage and what is yeah. that? And so I think this is really important because jade rollers are so huge right now. It's like a total like yeah. beauty trend. And, yep. um, you know, this this like if everyone just kind of takes a step back um, <laughs> from like the fad <laughs> things, the only yes. clinical reason that you would need to be worried about lymphatic drainage is if you are a cancer yep. patient and you actually had your lymph nodes removed because of the yep. treatment if you had like lymphatic cancer um yep. so you or if it spread to your yeah yeah exactly if it yeah, spread exactly, to your lymph nodes, your lymph nodes. Yeah. and so um that's very serious and that's like a very real thing um right. and so in that setting um 
you could experience uh, lymphedema, which is that yep. obstruction of your lymphatic system due to the removal of a node or, or multiple nodes. Um, yep. And in that in that case, you know, exercise, wrapping, massage and compression, like you would kind of see yeah. with like these um, methods that we've already talked about today could help with with lymphedema symptoms. Yeah. Um, but in terms of just using like a jade facial roller, like across your face, because you think that like your face is puffy, like it might, you know, it's like, it, there's no harm in doing that. But I think like right. people have over attributed the <laughs> lymphatic drainage question. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. really important to like, this is what we talk about all the time is that like a lot of these things are rooted in like real, like clinical issues yeah. and then people like marketing kind of like runs with it and they're like a plot. oh lymphatic yeah. drainage like we all need that and right it's like, no this is like a very no. serious thing like for people yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and like just don't let people try to tell you that like you need this thing to spend money on and um yeah so yeah I would say it's I would amazing. say no if you're a normal person and you're not a person who's recovering from cancer treatment you probably don't need to worry about lymphatic drainage in your face right um yeah. But I didn't Although know that either until I good. looked it up. So, yeah. I mean, this is this is just good to know. I didn't either. Yeah. I imagine it feels good, though, like a little face yeah. massage. Well, like, especially I'm sure if it's, it's like, great. cold, right? Like, in the morning, oh, if you get, yeah. like, some cold uh, yeah. action on there. Um, yeah, I yeah, could definitely wakes see that. you up. If you're hungover, yeah. it's probably, probably pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, very different. <laughs> very different application. A little slap in the face with <laughs> a jade roller. <laughs> Nothing like that. Cold Nothing slap like a jade roller to the face. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah. So, yeah. You know, hopefully this answered our, um, our questions. So, you know, we really yep. just wanted, I'll just go over super quick or Lauren, do you actually want to go over the questions and kind of how we answer yeah, them? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, let me just get into that bit. Yeah. So, um, you know, what is it? Uh, we, I hope answered your question. It's a technique that we use on soft tissues to reduce adhesions. And usually it's applied to if you're injured um, or if you're an athlete that needs to improve range of motion or mobility. Mm -hmm. And it's usually used in conjunction with other physical therapy methods like stretching and um, foam rolling and stuff. So, um, you know, and this technique obviously has roots way back in um, ancient history, uh, as Sydney's discussed at, at length of, about Gua Sha. And um, it does also have roots in Western Western history. So we do have um, the doctor of orthopedic medicine who, yeah. um, who does, you know, he has done work with this technique. So it's not totally like foo-foo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not totally made up. And um, Sydney and I obviously both personally had experiences with this in current physical therapy settings. So it is something that physical therapists do utilize. Um, and then is there any clinical research showing that this works? And um, there is. I think we've definitely seen that there there are improvements that they've attributed to this the Grassen technique. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it does help with sports injury recovery, they need to do a little bit more work, I'd say, both with that and with the migraine research. I think they need to get bigger pools of people yeah, um, and definitely standardize protocols with um, regard to how they're doing it, what tool they're using, et cetera. So there, there is definitely some more work that needs to um, be done. But as far as it goes, it doesn't look like it harms you. It definitely doesn't harm you in any way. Um, if anything, like we've seen improvements in our own personal experiences um, with it. Yeah, I think as long and as you're going to someone that's like trained in it, qualified. Like, you know, even yeah. if it's like I don't know if my th physical therapist is if she paid for like the grass and technique like certification, and I don't really care. Like as long as she is right. trained in some way of doing this, that's professional. It doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No. Exactly. <laughs> and then with the the lovely question, um, does it actually drain your lymph nodes? Um, yeah. Just again, if you're not someone who requires, um, reduction in swelling and, um, basically addressing like lymphedema. So someone who's gone through a cancer tre treatment or had their lymph nodes removed, you know, it, it's not, it, it can be used for this technique, but the, the average person who doesn't have the, have, um, you know, hasn't gone through the, something like that. You don't yeah. need, you don't need to 
invest. Don't, just in don't worry about it. Roller. Just don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. But You'd it know. could feel good. I mean, there's yeah. not, there's no yeah. harm. I think no as long as you're no not foul, spending like, like, like with anything, like it's not doing harm. So as long as you're not spending like a lot of money on it or like stressing out yeah. about it, then it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, so. Yeah. Cool. Thank you guys so, for listening. Hopefully this was like mm-hmm. a fun topic. And if you didn't know about it, hopefully you learned something or if you already knew about mm-hmm. it, hopefully this answered your questions. Um, yep. You know, as always, if you can contact us at bigscienceenergy at gmail.com or bigscienceenergy on Instagram. Uh, my personal handle is at Sydney Rose A. And mine's at L-E Stiskel, S-T-Y-S-K-A-L. Slide into those DMs. Um, yep, get in there. We'd also like to thank Luke Sexton for producing and editing our episodes. Um, if you liked our intro and outro music, you can find more of that at Spotify at Luke Sexton and follow his Instagram at Sexton Stowns to stay up to date on his latest drops. Yep. And if you like this episode, please, please, please rate us and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Um, it really helps. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Stay curious, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.